Fast movers, transmedium vehicles, psychological operations, alien control systems, the Galactic Federation. All that and more to be discussed in the next hour on this, your only reliable source for investigations of the weird, wild, wet, and esoteric, the Spectral Skull Session. You are listening to the Spectral Skull Session. Tales from the twilight world of myth, mystery, and imagination. The idea behind this podcast is that we explore claims about the occult, supernatural, and paranormal from an analytical standpoint. We're open to the existence of a world beyond the five senses, and we dismiss that dogmatic skepticism that insists that any story about the unexplained has to reduce to hallucinations or swamp gas. But we're not committed to any particular theory or philosophy about what the paranormal is, and we realize that, whatever is out there, the answer is likely to be more complicated than any existing model or theory. What we bring to the table is small s skepticism, a skepticism that we throw as much on the mainstream accounts as we do on the supernatural story. Okay, let's get started. Let's get started with uh, Tim McMillan and this article from The Debrief. The Debrief is a journalistic website. It was launched to explore and report on developments in science, defense, and intelligence, frontier technology, and knowledge that exists on the periphery of human understanding. And their article, Fast Movers and Transmedium Vehicles, the Pentagon's Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, was published on December 2nd, 2020. This article updates us on the state of the Pentagon's investigation into unidentified aerial phenomenon, reminding us that there is now a task force, the UAPTF, and this task force, they say, has been briefing military intelligence stakeholders, lawmakers, and military leadership about, quote, mysterious airborne objects that defy conventional explanations. They also report that the Secretary of Defense has acknowledged that the UAPTF's mission is to detect, analyze, and catalog UAPs, that's Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, that could potentially pose a threat to U.S. national security. They say a classified intelligence report is being circulated that includes clear photographic evidence and the task force is investigating whether these objects are operated by intelligence of unknown origin. So one such report that is apparently being circulated around the Pentagon includes a new photo, uh, as yet unseen, of an unidentified silver cube-shaped object. It was photographed on a cell phone by an F-A-18 fighter pilot, so he took a photo of the object through the canopy of his jet. This object was apparently hovering motionless when encountered. It was at 30,000 to 35,000 feet, and it was about 1,000 feet away from the fighter jet. People who have seen the photo report that it depicts an apparent aerospace vehicle described as a large equilateral triangle with rounded or blunted edges and large perfectly spherical white lights in each corner. The object apparently, and this is what I think is most interesting about the article, popped out of the water. So it was tracked coming out of the water and then flying directly up into the air. 
This debrief article also includes some uh, footage apparently taken back in the 90s of a uh, UFO sort of flying horizontally across the horizon and it's moving in and out of the water. So one of the big things that I think we're seeing here is a recognition that the Pentagon is concerned about UFOs that can uh, move between different mediums. So they travel through the air, they can go into the ocean, they pop back out. And that apparently is not a problem for them, given their level of technology. However, the article also reported that some ex-military officers have said the stories of radar tracking of UAVs sound suspiciously similar to an electronic warfare program they were involved in back in the 1960s. That program, codenamed Palladium, involved the testing of secret American technology. So these are people at the end of that debrief article, if you go take a look at it online, who are saying, you know, we've worked in the military, we've worked on secret programs, and this sounds to us like it could potentially be another secret American program. So there's not a lot here that's, that's completely new. It's exciting to hear about this uh, new photograph of a cube-shaped UFO, completely different from the Tic Tac that we were talking about on our previous episode. Um, it's also very exciting that now we are confirming these things moving in and out of the water, which is, I think, consistent with there being highly advanced alien technology. But other than that, it just seems like it's another sighting, just another um, tick on the notch of weird stuff seen in the air. <clears throat> Chris, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I just, um, you know, just uh, that we're getting this out of the Pentagon. I mean, we keep... We're over the past, you know, year or so here. We've gotten different reports here acknowledging that this is a concern of the Pentagon. Also, previously acknowledging some uh, footage that we covered, uh, video footage uh, that we covered in one of our prior episodes. And so it, it seems to me, I, I'm not so much like amazed by this particular sighting, so much as. We're getting more information leaking out of our government related to UFOs. And it seems like this is happening more and more frequently and that we're actually getting this level of acknowledgement is astounding. And so to me, I'm left to wonder, okay, are these actually UAPs or is uh, something else going on, right? Is the government trying to pull one over on us here? Or yeah. is it truly an unidentified aerial phenomenon? Absolutely. That is definitely a concern, Chris. I noted when I was reading this article, this is a, a step down, I would say, in quality from those New York Times articles that we covered previously, because this article relied on a lot of anonymous sources. So they say frequently, um, we talked to people in the Pentagon who were speaking anonymously, they claim to have verified that these photos are being circulated on the NSA intranet as well as the CIA and Pentagon intranet, but nobody was willing to go on the record saying, excuse me, these are all classified materials. And so I think when people are using anonymous sources, that's a problem in two ways. First of all, we're trusting the debrief. And who are they? They're a little a bit of a new news source in my book. But also, uh, the people who are speaking anonymously have little incentive not to lie, right? Because they're anonymous. So it is possible that there are people at the Pentagon who are spinning stories. 
We talked about this previously too, Chris. My theory is that it's possible that there could be a classified uh, UFO briefing that is given, just sort of generically given at the classified level to people in the Pentagon. And it's um, a hoax put on by other people in the Pentagon. And the idea is we're going to give you a fib, a story about aliens, and we want to see who repeats this to journalists. Because the people who repeat the story to journalists need to be marked as unworthy of continuing to have security clearance. Mm. Yeah, it could potentially be that. It could also just be a, a psyop that our government is running on us. Uh, it may be that given the tensions and distrust in our uh, political process that we've arrived at a point where our political factions and disagreement and rancor is now approaching the level of uh, endangering national security. So my theory, or a theory that we've discussed, is that this is just a, a psyop that's being run on the American people to give them a common enemy, the aliens, right? They're going to pull everybody together. I mean, I guess we'll see more alien stuff comes out, and they're, and they're just like, hey, there's aliens. Uh Maybe it's aliens or, you know, maybe that's what's going on. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. So that's another thing to discuss. I kind of want to save that for later in the episode if we could, because mm -hmm. I think we still have some newsy sources to kind of plow oh, through sure. here. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think that as we, as we unfold these newsy sources, um, they're getting, they get wilder and wilder, right? And so the case for there being something going on here that is uh, much beyond just simple people seeing things in the sky that can't explain becomes more plausible as we outline some of the stuff that needs to be brought to the attention of the audience because it's timely breaking news. Mm -hmm. So Jacques Vallée was on the Joe Rogan experience on December 4th, 2020. Now he is an 81 year old computer scientist and venture capitalist. He's a French man. He's worked for the French government. He's also worked for the Pentagon. He's also a member of the Bigelow Aerospace Advisory Board, who our audience may know um, is connected to Harry Reid, the senator who was responsible for releasing a lot of the information about in Pentagon investigations into UFOs back in 2017. And Jacques Vallée has written a dozen book <clears throat> at a point. He's written a dozen books on UFOs. And he is a proponent of um, out-of-the-box thinking about what these things are. So let me just run through some of the highlights of the things that he said on that show really quickly. He mentioned a common feature of UFO abductions is that time stops. So he says that he has a highly credible report of a UFO abduction from France where the abductee said they were on the highway and that they didn't see any other cars while the UFO was in the vicinity. And he says, well, that's impossible. It was a highly crowded highway in the middle of the day. There's no way that there could be no other cars. So he says, this is an example of apparent stoppage of time or out of body experiences experienced by abductees. He also says that they recovered debris from a crashed UFO in Brazil and that he has personally provided this debris to the Silicon Valley community. 
He says that there are people who are involved in high-tech um, corporate work that have been doing research on some of this debris. They found that it's composed of a matrix of silicates with a strange assortment of isotopes. So apparently isotopes, which is, so, um, you know, the number of proton, excuse me, the number of protons in an atom determines what element that atom is. Like one proton is a hydrogen atom. If you've got two protons, you've got a helium atom. And then you've got neutrons and protons and neutrons are pretty similar in weight, but neutrons are neutrally charged while protons are positively charged. Well, if you vary the number of neutrons while keeping the number of protons the same, you get a different isotope within the same element. So he's saying that they found a weird distribution of isotopes within these metals. And he said, we can do this stuff, but it would cost you an extraordinary amount of money today to have produced a sample of the size that he has with the variety of different isotopes in it. So he says, this is indicative of advanced engineering that was found in Brazil. Um, he also discussed his view that these UFO visitations are what he calls a scheduled reinforcement program, or in his words, they are teaching us. And he invoked their irregular appearance. So the way these UFOs appear, then other times don't appear, the way they abduct people, he says that it's a pattern that is semi-predictable. In the same way that if you want to get a dog to get used to... Uh, doing something when you ring a bell. You don't always reward the dog every time you ring the bell. You do it with a certain element of unpredictability built in. That's what gives you the behavioral reinforcement that you want. So in his view, these things appear in a semi-predictable pattern because they're trying to train us almost like animals to behave in a certain way. And then also in that interview, Jamie Foxx was there. He's a director of that recent UFO documentary, The Phenomenon. And he just introduced the idea that the aliens that are visiting us are concerned about the danger we pose to our planet with our technological development. And he cited an instance where aliens appeared to, uh, I think it was a kindergarten of uh, young people, they were kindergartners, in Africa. And they literally said just this to the children. They said, your technology is a danger. And he went and interviewed these children 20 years later. They're fully grown adults now. And they reaffirmed this story that they told that was in the news at the time. And so that was his view. So that is, I think, our first step out of um, perhaps just merely seeing UFOs in the sky and into the strange world of abductions. So Chris, did you have any uh, other research on abductions that you wanted to add to our news roundup today? Uh, not so much as a news roundup story. I did have a a Reddit tale I could t share of an alien abduction to kind of maybe spice some things up. Yeah, let's see if we can analyze that using what we know about Jacques Vallée's work. So here's a tale from Reddit from an anonymous account. My mom tells a story of her and her friend. Let's call her friend Lisa. When my mom and Lisa were teenagers, they were up on the roof of Lisa's house and they see a bright light in the sky. Next thing they know, the light is gone. Thing is, they think they've been on the roof for like 15 minutes, but something like three hours passed. Mom doesn't remember anything about what happened during that time, and Lisa simply refuses to talk about it. She would answer my mom with things like, I don't know, and just drop it for a long time. 
So a couple of months later, Mom moves away and loses contact with Lisa for about 10 years. She finally meets up with her again and immediately notices that, notices that something is odd about Lisa. Lisa appeared very distant to her, with a very dreamy demeanor, like she was really happy and at peace for no good reason. After they talk for a bit, Lisa brings up the incident on the roof. Mom says she still doesn't remember anything about it. But Lisa remembers. She remembers everything. She said that at first, it was all in bits and pieces, and she couldn't remember any of it clearly. She was confused and scared and wanted to avoid discussing it. Then, as time passed, she began to remember more of it. She remembers it all clearly, and she remembers the other three times she was abducted after that clearly as well. At first, they paralyzed her somehow and did all sorts of invasive experiments on her. But by the most recent time, they stopped probing her and began to talk with her. They didn't speak English or any other human language, but she could understand everything they said, even though she can't speak their language herself. Apparently, they told her all sorts of things, stuff about space, Earth itself, and most shockingly, predicted years beforehand that she would get pregnant in a specific year and it would also be stillborn, and that she would never be able to have children again. They also told her that it was not their fault, and they even made an attempt to save her from this fate, but they were unsuccessful. They also told her that they had abducted my mother. Another time, after the first incident, Mom says she has no recollection of any other potential abductions, but she does have recurring nightmares of being abducted. But she's almost sure that they're just nightmares. Anyway, Lisa tells Mom that every time she speaks with them, she comes to understand the truth more and more. When Mom inquires about what the truth is, Lisa just says, you will know eventually, and she says that once she learned of the truth, then everything became wonderful. Mom has seen her a few more times over the years. We still live in another state from her, and she apparently has a pretty normal life and doesn't like obsess over alien stuff like some supposed alien abductees do. She only ever brings it up in passing, not like it's a central part of her daily life. All right, very good, Chris. So yeah, we have a couple elements here that are, in fact, a lot of elements that are typical of UFO abduction reports. We've got missing time, telepathic encounter with the alien, uh, invasive experiments with a focus on the sexual anatomy or the reproductive equipment. Um, prophecies are not always found, but they're, you know, they're not uncommon. And then um, the nightmares. So following the experience, having recurring nightmares. That's all pretty typical of alien abduction stories. The one thing I noted there that I thought was pretty untypical, unsuccessful fix of reproductive anatomy. Um, so that's interesting. I haven't ever heard of a story of the aliens failing to fix something. Yeah. Yeah. I've not heard anything like that either. Um, you know, we have, you know, also that we were talking about the suspension of time. They thought they were on the roof for 15 minutes, but it was like three hours too. Right. So, um, this weird, something's going on with time. It might just be perception of time. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and let's get back to that question of, um, you know, the aliens doing these invasive experiments, right? Like, almost like a medical procedure. Now, this is something that Jacques Vallée has written about in the past. He published an article in 1990. It was the Journal of Scientific Exploration. And it's uh, his argument. It's titled, Five Arguments Against the Extraterrestrial Theory. And Jacques Vallée says, look, 
most people who take UFOs seriously say they got to be intelligent extraterrestrial organisms that are coming to Earth and performing like reconnaissance or scientific investigations, right? And, and that's why they do these things that they do, right? But Valet says, I got five arguments why that's not the case. And one of his arguments is that he says this like doctor type stuff they do, it's like ritualistic play acting. He says it doesn't make sense that an advanced civilization would need to probe us. You know, they, they literally take like reproductive material from people in, in so many of these stories or they at least poke around in the reproductive anatomy. And he's like, it just doesn't make sense that they would do that. So he did some tracking and he said, within a 40-year period, if we take these reports seriously and we assume as we should that 10 times the number of people are having these experiences who make the reports, which is a pretty conservative estimate, I think. Um, and then he says, we can infer that there's about 14 million alien landings that happened within the past 40 years. Okay, so imagine 14 million attempts to, like, probe people, get into their anatomy, and take their reproductive material. It doesn't make sense, right? And a highly advanced civilization, as he points out, they maybe take one sample and then they clone it. And they do whatever they need to do with the, with the cloned tissue. So this is one of the reasons that Jacques Vallée gave back in the 90s for saying, whatever's going on here... I do not think that it is extraterrestrial beings from another planet coming here to do scientific research. He gives some other arguments, too. He says there's just too many landing reports. Like, there's just way too many reports about spaceships coming down out of the sky. Again, it's the same kind of thing. They don't need to do that many landings if they're an advanced race. He also says the aliens are always reported as being humanoid, but this is very unlikely that an alien race in another planet would have evolved naturally. To look like us. And he says, and I think this is the most interesting thing, the historical evidence suggests that this has been going on throughout history. He says, it's difficult to find a culture that does not have an ancient tradition of little people who fly through the sky and abduct humans. And so his point there is that, you know, if these are scientists doing research, they've been doing this for thousands, you know, multiple thousands of years. Like, how clumsy and inefficient of researchers would you have to be to spend thousands of years doing this research and still not have collected all the genetic information that you need to collect about human beings? And then lastly, he does mention, also the alien ships frequently do things that are physically impossible. They appear and disappear. They change shape continuously. They merge with other objects. And as we've already discussed, they stop time. And it just doesn't seem like that's a thing that can physically happen, right? So they're, they're violations of our sense of what's physically possible. Any thoughts about that, Chris? Well, I'm wondering if he doesn't think they're extraterrestrials, what does he offer as the alternative? So in that 1990 paper, he gives a couple different alternative theories. He says the aliens could be what he calls Earth lights, quote, an unrecognized terrestrial phenomenon which impresses the consciousness of the witness to take the form of an extended mental image, possibly a mythological figure. He also suggests a, quote, control system that could be, quote, 
training us towards a new type of behavior. And he says, I don't know if this control system is ultimately originating from the earth or from another place. He also suggests the possibility of a collective unconscious projection of mankind's survival needs. So we're projecting um, these beings because we at some level sense that there's a catastrophe coming and that we need to reorganize our civilization to head it off. And finally, he suggests that maybe these are interdimensional travelers, including the possibility that they're traveling through time. And he even says, well, they could be from our future. So mm. those are about four different, radically different possibilities. But he thinks they're all more plausible than the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Why do uh, time travelers need so much genetic and reproductive material? Yeah. So, I mean, his point is, though, all that stuff contradicts the extraterrestrial hypothesis, which holds that they're advanced mm. beings doing scientific research. But they could be advanced beings doing something else, right? Oh, okay. So they could be coming from the future, I don't know, maybe just to torment us. <laughs> or um, maybe they get off on her, you know, what they're doing. Um, that's mm. possible too, right? So um, I think that's why he just says, I'm only... He's also a scientist, so he's trying to rule out a very narrowly defined mm -hmm. hypothesis there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, I just want to emphasize... Jacques Vallée is one of the most respected UFO researchers, and it's amazing to me that this guy who he worked for the French government on UFOs, he's consulted with the Pentagon. He was the inspiration for um, one of the characters in Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He's been around forever, and yet this guy does not think that these things we're seeing in the sky are from another planet. They're not benign scientific researchers, right? Enlightened mm -hmm. beings. He thinks that there's something even stranger is going on. Hmm. So that's what I think kind of blows my mind. Well, perhaps in contradiction to that is the next figure I want to discuss, and that's Haim Ashed. Uh, and he is the former Israeli space security chief. He claims, according to an NBC News article, and actually all over the place right now, that extraterrestrials exist and among other things that uh, Donald Trump has been in contact with them, right? So before we get into the story, I just want to give a little bit of Hamish's background. So aside from being the former Israeli space security chief, uh, really just an accomplished person. So he's received the Chief of Staff Citation, that's the highest non-combat uh, non -combat award by the Israeli Defense Force. Um, he also received the highest civilian defense award from the state of Israel three different times. Um, he has served in uh, a high, highly secretive unit which provides technological uh, solutions to the IDF, that is the Israeli Defense Force, and their uh, military intelligence department. He was a retired brigadier general from the IDF. Uh, he was a professor at the Asher Institute for Space Research at the Technion 
Israel Institute of Technology. And of course, as we said, he was uh, a former space program director for the Israel Ministry of Defense for nearly 30 years. He has a bachelor's in electronic engineering, and he has a master's and doctorate in aeronautical engineering. Okay. Um, really incredibly accomplished fellow here. Very well respected. Even after coming out with these claims, right? Still very well respected. So a little bit more about the, to the story. Uh, he's saying that not only are we being visited by aliens, that our world governments have a treaty with a galactic federation. But the reason that we don't know about them is that we are, quote, not at a stage or, quote, we haven't reached a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are, okay? Um, <clears throat> he also said the unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not ready yet. Uh, and among other things, that there is an underground base in the depth of Mars where American astronauts and aliens work together. And that we have, a, the U.S. government has a signed treaty with the alien species, allowing them to do experiments here. Apparently, Trump got a little bit close to revealing the truth, and the extraterrestrials, the uh, Galactic Federation, stepped in and told him to knock it off, right? Uh, really interesting stuff. There you know, hasn't been a lot of response from our government. Aside from that, we're not hearing a lot else. Uh, kind of, you know, uh, people, uh, other scientists... Uh, not fully supporting this, obviously, but they're saying, oh, well, you know, there could be uh, certainly aliens out there, right? That That's possible, but the idea that they visited Earth seems somewhat too extremely unlikely. People were a little hysterical during the H.G. Uh, Wells' War of the Worlds hoax, which was broadcast over radio, but that was because they were told there was an imminent alien invasion. My view about the, the social threat from the revelation of alien contact or just, you know, non-human, right? Non-human sentient contact, whatever these things are. For the, they might be from another dimension or um, they might be just native to our earth but not human. The revelation of their existence, my thought is it would, it would be spiritually disorienting for the human race. Mm -hmm. So just as I mean, this is something Jacques Vallée has written about. I was going through his books is that he says, as Americans have gotten interested in UFOs and as Europeans also have gotten interested in UFOs, we've seen the emergence of these cults, these UFO cults. He wrote about Heaven's Gate, the cult that killed themselves in the mm -hmm. 90s, oh, yeah. long before they killed themselves. And he said, this is an example of, I think, a detrimental UFO cult that people get so like worked up about how weird aliens are how weird these things are that they then sort of like lose their marbles about what's rational and they just say well if this is real then anything could be real and then they become very credulous mm -hmm. and so i think there's a social threat there that there could be the emergence of new forms of religious belief 
um, completely new social norms could dynamically emerge from the revelation of, you know, UFO reality. Hmm. What do you think, Chris? I don't know. I think that, well, as you reference, uh, Wells were the world's, you know, that was a very d different time. Uh, and, you know, I, I think that people in many ways have been more conditioned to accept maybe not the probability, but the possibility, even with the way we've been desensitized through our various forms of media. I, I, I think that I agree. I think it might undermine a lot of uh, people's spiritual beliefs and ultimately religious institutions. Uh, and we might see some pretty radical transformations there, not all for the better, but I don't think that we would see uh, this kind of mass hysteria. I don't think people would just be losing their minds like the world was coming to an end, particularly if it was revealed that these creatures have been around for a long time, right? So it would just be yeah. like, oh. Maybe, maybe yeah, just, one thing, yeah. One thing I think that's important to emphasize, I don't think there's any logical reason why the appearance of UFOs or the reality of UFOs would threaten anyone's spiritual beliefs. I don't see why it would be incompatible with any number of spiritual beliefs that there simply be beings from another planet. Mm -hmm. They could have been created by the same God that you believe created humans, you know, or maybe, yeah, I, maybe they're compat. Maybe they're like just other versions of humans. They might be a different genetic species, but it might be that in the scriptural sense or the textual sense of your religion, they might still count as human just in virtue mm -hmm. of being sentient. I don't think there's a logical reason why anything from Christianity, Judaism, pagan beliefs, you know, the Hindu tradition, Buddhism would be threatened in any way by this. I think that it's a, it's a artifact of human psychology though, that when we're confronted by something that's totally out of the ball that I think the psychologists actually call oddballs, Oddballs create what I've heard is called an attentional blink. So have you heard of this, Chris? Mm -mm. The attentional blink is a phenomenon in perceptual psychology. And it's this. Um, if we ask you to press a button every time you see a light appear on a screen, you can do it. And you often you have a certain amount of reaction time. That is, the, the light on the screen appears and then it'll take you like 200 milliseconds or something, 200, 300 to 800 milliseconds to press the button. But if I flash the light and then I flash it again within that 200 to 300 millisecond range, you often will not notice at all. So often mm -hmm. what happens is there's what we call an attentional blink. The human processes for, in, for metabolizing information can be temporarily paralyzed by the fact that they're, they need to process something. And so my thought is that this would apply to us intellectually too. It could be that if you introduce an oddball thing like UFOs, right, all of a sudden they're real, that people will, their minds will kind of hiccup. And for a moment, all their rational processes break down. From the reality of UFOs, it seems as though anything could follow. And that makes you vulnerable to any sort of charlatan, or manipulator, any sort of scam artist who might come along with some story about what the UFOs want you to do. And that's how you organize a new religion. I mean, there are stories that when the Spanish conquistadors came over 
and landed in Latin and South America that people thought they were gods, right? Mm-hmm. And that the South and Latin Americans just let down their guard. And those indigenous people were not prepared to um, resist. And so they mm. got just overrun. I think that's mm. the threat that we might face. See, I think that it might, it's gonna, probably going to be more likely that people just ignore the reality of it. I mean, look at these news stories that are coming out of the Pentagon. All this information. People just, and no, people aren't really talking about this stuff. Um, you would expect it to have a lot more traction. Our government's saying, yeah, there's UFOs, they're real. We don't know what they are, but they're real, they're out there. And it's like people just are completely ignoring this news. These are facts. You know, when you're talking to people sometimes on issues like that, they kind of look at you like you're crazy. Or they're like, yeah, sure. It's like, no, these are these are facts that this information is coming from our government. So, but are these facts, right? Is Are these aliens? Is it simply unidentified aerial phenomenon? Is it a false flag operation? I don't know that, right? But I do know how people react. And it's just like, uh, it doesn't phase them. They don't want to talk about it. Well, maybe so, that's the attentional blink. Maybe that's the yeah. first stage is the breakdown of these rational processes. Because you should be, you know, amazed and in wonder. Or oh, maybe yeah. skeptical of what's happening, right? This yeah, there be should real. be some reaction, right? Our major news outlets are reporting the possibility of aliens on our planet. And people are just like, uh. Right. I mean, we're hearing, like we said at the beginning of the episode, we're hearing this from the Pentagon. We're hearing yeah. this from the Israeli, right? From the Israeli mm. government. We're hearing this from a French scientist who has connections to Silicon Valley, where they do independent research. It's not just one source, right? It's multiple sources, mm-hmm. international sources. Yeah, and people are just literally not... It's not even that people are saying this is a hoax, that they're skeptical, There's or that, oh my God, there could be... There's no reaction whatsoever, right? So maybe that's it. Maybe that's just like, I'm not going to process that cognitively. Yeah. Because I can't handle that reality. Yeah. No, I mean, according to my theory, yeah, people are going to act like that as though they can't process it, but then they're going to become suddenly vulnerable to weird beliefs. So Mm -hmm. somebody comes along and says, well, I actually am in contact with the aliens and here's what they want you to do. And you're going to find remarkable loss of skepticism about that. People will be prone to believe in something crazy. Yeah. Not that the aliens are crazy. I I think there's something going on here that we don't understand but I'm saying that it's a moment of uh, where our cognitive mechanisms for keeping out false beliefs are going to collapse because we're just overwhelmed by how weird it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then let's talk about the possibility. I want to talk about the possibility that this is like just a false flag operation because we were talking about this. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, we need to look around us. It's, I mean, we're in the middle of a national pandemic where people are isolating but uh lots of awful bad things going on in civilization aside from that we're rioting we have this weirdly all you know not constant rioting gun violence uh weirdly contested election where people no longer trust our democratic process the rise of fringe and extremist groups into the mainstay of political discourse 
And I think, uh, and we've never been so divided as a nation. Of course, I'm speaking about us as Americans in the United States. Um, but it could simply be that our democratic, our democracy is on the brink and is now posing a national security threat. We can't have our democracy fall apart, right? And so um, yeah. this could be a, a, a false flag operation to kind of pull us together. Well, we and I, you and I were talking about this uh, fellow from Israel. Well, they're one of our staunchest allies. They need the U.S. to... Israel needs the U.S. to uh, stay afloat in order for uh, their existence to be protected, given the number of enemies that they have surrounding them. So I just think that um, I think it could be a false flag, a psyop that our government is running on its own people. But I think it would only ever get to that point if the government were to come out and say, hey, aliens. Right. And this could be a lead up to that potentially. Yeah. I mean, that's also consistent with what I've been saying. I mean, it could be that the government's the government could be the people who who then become the charlatans mm-hmm. who say, oh, well, actually, yeah, the aliens are real. And maybe that's true. The aliens are real or UFOs are real. And um, and then they say, oh, and by the way, we've been in contact with them. And here's what they're telling us. Da 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 da. Right. And yeah. that could be the way that they effectively form almost a new religion right yeah to organize the people mm-hmm. so christianity rose up in the roman empire during a time of sort of chaos and upheaval right mm-hmm. and so you know and it spread very quickly you know and it was and it's and i have this book i've been reading american cosmic by dw pizolka ufos religion technology and she's a professor at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. But she draws all these parallels between interest in UFOs and the rise of Christianity and the Roman Empire. Mm. Pointing out that, like, so stories about encountering Jesus for among the ancient Romans, they were sort of sparse. They were here and there. But then they formed a, uh, a narrative, right, together. People would put these stories together. And they became important. Sort of the way that we have different stories about aliens, like, crashing mm-hmm. here and there. Different people have witnessed it. Different people have different bits of information. Uh, she talks about an invisible college of people who claim to be in the in the know about what exactly is going on. These are people inside the government, but also in Silicon Valley. Uh, so it's corroborating what Jacques Vallée is saying. Suggests to me that we might be re- we witnessing, you know, like you said, a psyop that's going to take on religious dimensions hmm. in order to sociologically reorganize us as a community and from what it's what i've heard so far it sounds like the idea would be to reorganize us around um environmental catastrophe so to get the human race or at least the americans to take environmental catastrophe seriously because the aliens frequently say you're in danger of destroying your planet at least Mm -hmm. in the stories we hear yeah you're going to destroy the planet your technology is a threat to your survival your technology is a threat to the planet yeah and interesting stuff um I guess time will tell, but, uh, it is scary. Excuse me. Um, because it's so weird. I mean, what's happening right now with all this news. And I think that the, this Israeli guy is the guy who seems to me to be the most out there with his claim about this galactic federation. And we have a base on Mars 
and Trump is in on it. So that totally contradicts the valet information. And it's really not corroborated by, it's not corroborated at all by uh, what we're seeing uh, coming out of the New York Times or the Washington Post and and now the debrief with these Pentagon stories. You know, nobody's nobody's talking about a base on Mars. Well, again, I think time might tell what that certainly would be interesting if that were the case. Well, but... that could be the PSYOP. We've been hearing this all through the 20th century. There were people from, you know, Bill Cooper. Uh, who was the guy, the Roswell guy? Uh, I can't remember his name now. Um there's been so many people who've been telling the story about aliens making contact in the 40s with uh, either Truman or FDR or Eisenhower and then they had some kind of treaty and they're doing experiments and there are good aliens and bad aliens that particular story might be the psyop mm -hmm. because it's a very science fictiony Star Warsy kind of story and like I said, Jacques Vallée, the scientist, tells a story of, you know, I don't know what these things are. They're probably not aliens, you know. Um, and so that's my sense is that there's a real phenomenon here. But then there seems like there might be a concerted psyop by our our Pentagon and other individuals to project a sort of science fiction -y story on top of it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, time will tell. All right, and, and and if anyone out there has had contact with any extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional beings, please, please email us at spectralskullsession at protonmail.com. Yeah, whether you're French or Israeli or American or... You know, any nation, we'd be love to hear from you. And if your story is compelling enough, we may read it on the air or potentially ask you to do an interview. However, you are by no means required to do an interview. Or reveal your identity. Yeah, we would certainly keep your identity anonymous regardless if that, that was your wish. We can certainly use anonymous sources. We're not the New York Times here. All right. Although the New York Times uses anonymous sources too now. What's up with that? <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're coming to the end of our time for this evening. So I just wanted to say stay strange, everyone. And stay sane.